0: Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Morning. Welcome back, students. Some of you are back for school, back to the area. You live out of the area, and so welcome back after hopefully what was a restful break from your studies. And in 2020, we're pulling together into two services. And so, nine and ten thirty is our normal service times moving forward. And we're doing that because we want to prepare to build uh, on some land that we're in the middle of purchasing, and prepare to launch a new church out in Santa Clarita, which is a close to two hours drive uh, from here. And so, we're we're multiplying. To we're sending a team to to start a new church. We're excited about that, and then we're excited about what God is doing here locally with us being able to purchase some some uh, property. And so. Those two things really uh, caused us to look at our service times and the fact that we're multiplying and sending people out. And we thought, let's pull our group together uh, for as long as we are able to. And let's see if we can do two services for, uh, for this year and see how that goes. And so thanks for being here for uh, the launch of this series today. Before we jump into it, let's, let's pray. God, we just pause once again to uh, invite you to speak to to us, Lord, we pray that you speak to our hearts and our minds. Pray that we would um, prepare right now to to listen, God, to your to uh, your Word and, and your Spirit. Um, we invite you to speak to uh, us at any areas that we're just holding back from you. Anything that is really serving as a barrier from growing. Uh, anything that uh, maybe even there's just sin in our lives that might be preventing us from uh listening to you today and so god we we just take a moment right now to just uh, to prepare ourselves so father even in silence we'll just prepare ourselves lord for you to speak to us father we need you uh, we need to hear your voice above all the noise in our lives and there's a lot of exciting things and there's also a lot of difficult things And so father we just uh we uh We want to prepare ourselves to be responsive, God, as you point things out to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in life, there are some moments that are and some seasons that are extremely intimidating. And so through this series, we're going to look at some different uh, challenges. One of those challenges is intimidation. Intimidation through all sorts of areas. And so we'll look at some different areas this morning. The first is transition uh, stages. When you're transitioning in life, that can be a pretty intimidating experience, can't it? Moving, for example, from childhood to the teenage years, where you went from one class, one teacher, to now a sea of, of students, upperclassmen, bigger people, big classes, quads, lunchtime experience. It's just, it's a different experience. There's all sorts of physical and cognitive and personality uh, shifts and changes that are taking place in these years, and so it's, it's pretty intimidating, it can be pretty intimidating. I don't know if you have any flashbacks, nightmares where you go back to middle school, you know, then, then you can identify with that. Then again, you transition from the teenage years to, to college years, and it's, it's your first time on your own, maybe with more freedom, with independence, uh, it's difficult. You didn't have to bury yourselves in the books, probably like you did uh, doing college, and so, it requires self-discipline, it requires a different drive, like an internal drive, motivation, to really prioritize your schoolwork, your studies, your responsibilities, you need to get things done, like your laundry, and, and, uh, you remember to put gas in the car, you remember to eat, and all of those different things that, it used to be that someone would just make sure you're doing those things, well, now it's, it's all on you to remember those things. And it's tough when you're on your own. Sickness is not the same when mom and dad aren't there to sort of spoon things in your mouth or pour things into a cup and you're like, mom, I, I've got something. I don't, we well, go to the doctor, <laughs> go to the doctor. They're not able to help you. You know, and some of you, your parents live overseas. And so, you know, there are all these, you can get in touch, but there's major limitations, but this can be a pretty intimidating experience for people that transition or, or from college, or maybe if you didn't do college, if you did train training at a trade school or something, you know launching into your first career maybe you go straight into your career out of high school and your first day on the job it can just be so intimidating and your heart's pounding and you want to pick up all these new skills and and do well but everything is new and and it's it's there's all this pressure and transitioning from childhood to bearing responsibility as an adult is sort of like a baton pass but it's not like a, a sprinting baton pass it's like a slow baton pass over many, many years, where you are learning to bear responsibility over many years. And guess what? It takes a lot of maturity to stand on your own two feet. And then you work for decades. Let that sink in. (laughs) You work for decades. Now, for some of you... The question might be right now is, am I ready to, to retire? Am I, is it time to transition out of my career and into a new season of life? I've been working and now is it time to, to transition out of that? My parents are, uh, half retired, I'd say. And, and this may call into question financial issues. Did we plan well enough? Security issues, self-worth issues. A lot of people, it's easy for us to wrap up our identity and our career and what we've done and, and then, then, the transition happens. So all of these transition stages can be extremely difficult to navigate. And some would say it's intimidating. Also, we face decision points, another area of intimidation. Decisions are like, uh, they can be daunting. All of the questions that come up, what job do I take? I know some of you, you you found jobs immediately when you started applying or, or interviewing. Others, you've been hunting and hunting and hunting for months or, or in some, over a period of years, looking for the job you were hoping to to land. Meanwhile, the bills are just piling up. And questions come up in this season like, where do I plant my roots? Do do I follow the job and then find a community of people to help me grow spiritually, a healthy community? or Or do I plant my roots deep in a spiritual community and a healthy community, and then find a job in that area. What do I do? What's the approach I should take? That decision is, for some, pretty paralyzing. Or, or mentors or your parents, they begin asking you, hey, what, what are you going to do with your life? What do you mean, what am I going to do? Well, if you've gone to college, you, spe- you know, you, because you spent all this money, or you've borrowed all of this money, and now you're expected to launch. But maybe you don't feel prepared to do that. You don't feel ready to do that. And some of you, you've been offered jobs and it wasn't the job you were looking for, but it it, it pays. And so, do you take the job or do you, do you, do you keep looking for that job that you thought you'd be doing? Some of you, you're working a job and you're not sure if you should stay there any longer because what if I don't transition? Will I be, you know, sort of stuck in this job? And what if that market dries up? And on and on, there's all these decisions that, They can paralyze us. Another intimidating area is the area of just fear of failure, inadequacy. Like, what if I don't have what it takes to be successful? That can be frightening. And we're coming out of a generation of parenting with a a few different approaches to parenting. Lawnmower parenting, helicopter parenting, lawnmower parenting... You know, where you sort of mow down all the problems in front of your children so they don't have to have problems in life. So let me give you an example of this. You can't probably see it from the back, but it says problem at the, at the, at the bottom. 1969, the parent are aligned with the teacher and they're telling the, the, the kids, explain these bad grades. Today, the parents are aligned with the child who's smiling and standing up straight. Explain these bad grades and they're, they're demanding to know it from the, from, from the teacher. Some of you are teachers and you know this experience. You've had to endure the wrath. So so we we sometimes have no category for failure because mom and dad didn't allow it to happen. They're hovering over everything. There's a problem. Don't go there. Or you know, just constantly preventing failure. But what happens is as an adult, you launch out into your career, you wake up in a cold sweat, your heart is pounding because there's pressure and there's deadlines and there's quotas and there's job competition and, and and it's not easy. Or you meet someone and you get engaged and it's it's a few days before you walk down the aisle and then you realize the weight and the gravity of the situation at hand. And you get scared out of your mind and you call me. I've had this happen before, where people are just sort of, and they're not, they call it, we call it cold feet, they're not ready to 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 call it off, they're just, it's, it's sobering. All of a sudden, everything is ready, all the, everything's been ordered, the, you know, all the china set, you see the, the suit or the dress, and you, oh, for the rest of my life? This responsibility, am I ready for this? I see the same thing with, with new parents. Sometimes this is the issue in dating. What if this relationship doesn't work out? Should I, should I even bother? I thought that was going to work out. Now, how will I know if this one's going to work out? Do they, do they need to have it all together right now? Do they need to, do they need to be mature and together? Like right now? What, can they be a work in, in progress or whatever that phrase is? How much do they have to have together? You know, and there's these decisions. Again, it's it's what if we fail? Like, we can all agree, life can be intimidating. Intimidation, here's what it does to us. It tells us to run away. And this is what I want to look at this morning. We're going to use the story, familiar story in the Bible. Maybe it's it's the first time you've heard it today. But I want to introduce you to a man who understood this area well. His name was David. He lived about 3,000 years ago. We read his story in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. And it's found, his story picks up in 1 Samuel 16. But we'll be looking at 1 Samuel 17. But David was uh, the son of a man named Jesse. And David was the youngest of eight brothers. So, big family. His training occurred His training for more responsibility, future challenges, occurred really out in the fields as a shepherd. He was guarding his, his father's sheep. And so he was a, he was a shepherd. Shepherd needed to beat back wolves and predators and they'd have to make sure that sheep weren't wandering off. They had, they had to stay up through the night. There was just, it was an important role and responsibility. One day, his father sent David from the fields out to the battle lines to check on his brothers and get a report from his brothers. He was the youngest, and so um, he's a young man and a teen at this point. And, but his dad says, go check on your brothers. They're out on the front line of the army against the, Philist- uh, against the Philistine army, and all of Israel is shaking in fear. The Philistines and the Israelites were pretty much lined up on two hillsides, and there's a valley between them. And from the hillsides, they're taunting, the Philistines are taunting the Israelites. And the lead taunter was a giant man named Goliath. And we, we have that illustrated right here. Goliath was just massive. Uh, his Everybody was shaking in fear. Nobody uh, wanted to step forward. He was actually known as the champion of the Philistines. And so their champion would call out Israel's champion to fight. And this would determine the outcome. And it didn't always go down that way, but if they had a champion, sometimes in the ancient wars they would send out a champion. The other army would send out a champion, and that would be. Uh, and this is this is the way the story reads. Basically, Goliath says, "You know, send a man to fight me. If you if you if you defeat me, you know, we're all your prisoners." But he's huge. He's he's tall. The scripture actually says that Goliath was over nine feet tall. Nine feet tall. Now, I'm like a I'm a five seven guy. I don't know how tall David was, but Goliath is huge, nine feet tall. Now, the tallest person recorded in, in recent history was a man named Robert Wadlow. This picture was taken in nineteen forty. He measured eight feet eleven inches. So if you're thinking, nine feet tall, Goliath couldn't have been. This is not true. This didn't really happen. Well, this was taken in 1940. So if you think there's not ever been anybody taller, then I'll let you think that. But there, there have been giant people that have walked the earth, people that are just giant. I was the shortest kid in my middle school, in eighth grade. They lined us up by height for graduation, and they put me and the shortest girl arm in arm, to to get our diploma. So this guy would have been huge for me as a teen. So David, you know, he sees this going down, he sees this giant. Now everybody amongst the armies are shaking in fear of the armies of Israel. Nobody wants to fight him. And the giant, over 40 days, would go out to the front of the battle line and, and say... Send me a man. And he taunted and he defied the armies of Israel. And he defied God. And David arrives and he sees this happening and he's like, who's going to stand up for God's honor? Who, who's going to fight? We can't let him talk about God in this way. And everyone's like, well, whoever is willing to fight him, our king has said that you can, you know, you'll be, you'll be taken care of for life, tax free. David's like, All right, so look at the passage. Let's look at first Samuel seventeen, thirty-two. We'll first look at verse thirty two. It'll be up here on the screen. David said to Saul, this is the king, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Here's this team. Hey, buck up, everybody. <laughs> no one needs to lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant, he's saying, I will go and fight him. <laughs> Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant, he's saying, You know, I, I've been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Basically, David is saying, Look, this guy is not going to, you know, this, I can fight the guy. King says, how? Well, I've guarded my, my father's flock. A lion, a bear came, snatched up one of our sheep. And David said, not on my watch. I mean, just imagine this. What would you do? A lion or a bear comes up, and <laughs> snatches the sheep. You say, well... We still got the rest of you guys, you know. (laughs) Everybody else still here? Or, well, we lost one. You know, dad's not going to notice. No, David's like, not on my watch. So I went after it, he says. I went after it. I struck it. I, I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it. By its hair, I struck it and I killed it. And then he says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And then verse 37, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. I think there's something there important. He's like, I, I've been rescued from the paw, the, the mighty paw of a lion and bear. This, the hand of this Philistine is no match for the Lord who's delivered me. And then the king agreed. Okay. And he begins to put his armor on David. And he's strapping the king's armor on him. But for David, it was just uncomfortable. It was it was clunky. And so he's like, all right, this isn't going to work. So David takes off all the king's armor. Instead, he takes up his staff. He takes five smooth stones and a sling and went to battle. A sling is like a, a double rope with a little pouch. And the threats just continue. The giant begins to taunt him. So verse 41 through 44. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield blayer in front of him kept coming closer to David because they send David out. And he looked David over and he saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you would come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Basically, I'm going to rip you apart. Goliath, he's just aiming to intimidate all the armies of God, but now he's just turned his focus towards young David to intimidate him. Now, sometimes in life, situations are that daunting, where you're just buckling under the pressure of you'll never be enough. That's what he's doing to David. You're not going to be enough. Who are you? You're worthless. You're, you're a loser. You're already defeated. You'll never be the leader. You'll never be the, the faithful spouse. You'll never be the patient parent. I mean, we, we can identify with intimidation. You don't have what it takes. And we hear all these thoughts coming to our mind when we get in situations and we think, yeah, ah, uh, the temptation is to just be frozen at that point. And sometimes the whole situation just, in our life, just begins to taunt and taunt and taunt. Now let's keep reading. In verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. You know, Goliath's javelin was, the spearhead was 15 pounds, it says. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine armies to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You know, this story has been told all around the world. I remember reading this in college thinking, Wow, God, you have such great power that you can advance and communicate your message. And you have great power. And it's, this is going to spread across the whole world. David declared that would be true. All of those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And then verse 48. Do we have verse 48? I'm back up one verse. Oh, okay, we don't have it. It says, as the Philistines moved closer to attack him, as the Philistine, as Goliath moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. David ran out to meet him. I love this picture. How David, you know, the Goliath is moving forward and David steps even closer. David assesses the whole situation and he moves forward towards this challenge with courage. I got to see uh, Michelangelo's sculpture of David this past summer. My wife and I were on an anniversary trip. and We got to see this famous sculpture. And what was fascinating was his eyes, the gaze and the determination on David's eyes. And I didn't know that this statue was... Depicting David and Goliath, but that's the the storyline behind it, and that David is determined not to back down. He's, his gaze is pointed in a direction towards Goliath and his taunting, and it struck me when I saw it the determination he had. Now, where does that come from? See, when Goliath is taunting David, he's saying, "I'm going to rip you apart. Who are you?" I've, and even the king said he's been a fighting. A man, a warrior since he was a boy. Look at him. He's going to destroy you. And Goliath is drawing from his own resources, his own history, his own size, from himself. He's saying, I'll take you down. David is is actually declaring something very different. Through the whole story, David continually declares that the Lord will fight this battle. God will fight this battle. The Lord handed over the lion and the bear, and the Lord will hand over this Philistine. And so here's the key application for us with whatever challenge you might be staring at today. Number one, admit your weakness and declare your confidence is in in God. If you're thinking, I'm just a person. Yeah, you know, that's true. I have limitations, weaknesses. Admit those things to God. There's no point in in, in puffing yourself up in your own strength and your own flesh and your own power and saying, yeah, I've got what it takes. I mean, David sets a real helpful example. Admit your weaknesses, but then put your confidence fully in God. The weight of transitions, the changes that come up in your life, the fears, the inadequacies, all of those things, those are an effort to block our movement and actually to cause us to run away. And it's in those moments where we're just tempted to shrink back slowly or to be frozen for for a long period of time with a decision. And those moments can be a crucial opportunity of formation of your whole life, and your whole future. And David, he just assesses the situation. He accepts the challenge, and he runs out to meet Goliath, depending completely on God. In our lives, over and over and over, we're called to move forward with courage. In whatever way God is asking you to move forward, God wants you to move forward courageously towards those things that are challenging you. David sets the pattern for us. Let's read on. Look at verse 49 through through 51. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead. He hit him right where it hurt. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. This is the ultimate underdog story. And, and it really, a huge surprise. Look at what happened. Verse 51. David ran. He stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword. He drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. <laughs> See, David experienced a great victory. Why? Well, because he, he didn't run away. He ran towards the challenge and experienced God's help. So I want you to sort of take a moment of and reflect more personally right now and just ask yourself, what is staring me in the face these days? What is intimidating me these days? What is God asking me to run towards with courage? Towards. I'm going to give you a moment to reflect on that. Maybe jot down a note for yourself. Here's the thing that I'm most battling right now. This is where I'm frozen. This is what I'm tempted to run away from. What's intimidating you, staring you in the face these days? God met David as he ran out to face the giant. That's where God meets us when we run out towards the challenge. And so I'm excited about growth opportunities that we get to experience as people and as a church. As a church, recently we faced what really looked like an impossible challenge. Uh, in life, you do, you actually don't want to go looking for challenges, but when they present themselves, what we learned from David is you don't run away. You, you run out to meet the challenge. Our our goal as a church most recently was to um, see if we could purchase this property that we're in escrow on. And it seemed like an outrageous goal in a short period of time. Here's some numbers, and many of you have seen these, but in a two-year period, from summer 2017 to September 18th, we raised $348,500. This was extra, you know, resources given from our church in faith towards the future. And then we hit a point where, if we were going to buy the property that we're in escrow on on Alessandro and Glenhaven, we needed an additional $400,000. So we set a goal of $400,000 in about 87 days, and that's what came in from September 19th to the present: $458,000 additional dollars given. Really sacrificed by by you, and it's so exciting to see that with this impossible giant challenge, so many people ran towards the challenge in faith and 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 had courage towards it and Lord willing at the end of this month we can take possession of that property and uh, there it is and there's some there's a lot of architectural drawings and marks on this just showing future plans but we praise God for this. We praise God for people who are courageous enough to step forward in faith. And now that we're nearing the close of our escrow period to buy the land, you're probably wondering what's going to happen next? What do we do now? I mean, if you've driven by the property, you notice there's, there's two small buildings that need renovation and you're probably happy. What, what, what's the next step? And so for quite some time, we were saying that if we were able to pole vault over a down payment goal of an additional $400,000, if we cleared the bar, then we would ex- we would launch into an exciting marathon. Who likes marathon running? Only one. Great. <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> marathon running, from what I've heard, is really hard. <laughs> who prefers sprinting over running? Or running, yeah. <laughs> it's like, who prefers TV watching over sprinting, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're turning the corner now into more of a marathon as it relates to this property and to the church's future. And so today, we're actually launching into something called Advance Horizontal. And it's the capital campaign for the, the next phase of this uh, journey. And you're probably wondering, what is that? What's a capital campaign? A capital campaign is an intense effort on the part of a group to raise significant dollars in a set amount of time, but it's a longer period of time. We just went through this 90-day sprint pole vault experience. Now we're moving into a, a, an extended phase of time now that we've secured the land. And so I want to invite up Scott Lambreth and Christina Machuka, two members of our staff, and they're going to come up and tell us how does Advanced Horizontal really work.
0: Thanks, Josh. I'm Scott.
2: And I'm Christina.
0: Good to see you, Christina. Scott. Um, as just said, we're going into advanced horizontal and that is a 24 month campaign and it has three main goals in mind here. And here's the goals as one. We really want to establish permanence in the city of Riverside. We love this city. And we really want to just, uh, let the city know that we're here to stay. We're, we're, we're buying, this property is in a highly strategic, highly visible location in Riverside. And we're telling the community, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're planting roots in there. In addition, in addition to that, we really want to secure our own home. You know, we've been setting up and tearing down, we've been portable for 12 years now. And wouldn't it be nice, Christina, to just have a place to call home? You know, wouldn't it be nice to just have a place to call home? <laughs> For the first time, and so um, that's what we're hoping to do. We really need to revitalize the property, to to secure our home base. We need to renovate some of the buildings, and then last, we really need to to really prepare to build our future campus. So we're going to be doing a lot over this campaign to get ready to put ourselves in a position to really build our future home.
2: Yeah, so for the next five weeks, Scott and I will be your tour guides as we launch into our capital campaign, Advanced Horizontal. So our hope is that on Sunday mornings, we cast vision for our church body and let you know about some opportunities that you have to stay engaged with us along the journey. So you'll hear about some vision nights coming up, prayer gatherings, and even a special focus within your groups. Um, all of this will culminate to Commitment Sunday, which is February 9th. So we're really excited to invite you all to seek the Lord as we pursue this God-sized initiative called Advance Horizontal together as a church.
0: Yeah, it, it'll be exciting. And um, so what we, what we want, we have a lot of information that we have to communicate to you guys through this, okay? so. Buckle up. Just kidding. We put it all together in a really great brochure. And in fact, if you've been around OCC for a while and you filled out one of those highly important connection cards that John talked about at the hosting portion of the service um, and you have put your address on there, one's in the mail. You'll get a packet from us later this week. Um, and so we want you to take a look at that and all the information is really is, is in there. And he, so here's what we want you to do today. You'll see behind you there's an advanced horizontal table. On the table are a couple things we want you to take. First is there's, there's a copy of the brochure on there. Feel free to go ahead and take one of those, one per family, you know, is what we're asking, um, since you're getting one in the mail anyways, and go ahead and start looking it over before it arrives in your mailbox. Second is RSVP to one of our vision nights. Christina will talk about that here in a moment, but we really want you to RSVP for that online, which she'll give some information about that. And then third, you'll notice a... A static clean decal and that you can place either on a mirror in your bathroom or your closet mirror or maybe on the corner of your, um, windshield in your car. And this is a really sharp static clean. It's not really a sticker, but it's kind of like those little things you get at the, uh, you know oil change place you know but it's really cool here's a pro tip with it by the way since it's not a sticker you can use like a tissue to kind of get the air bubbles out it works perfectly and you can even cut it into two stickers if you like so um they're really sharp but the reason we're giving these out to you is we want you to put them in a place where you'll see it and you'll be reminded to really pray that we as a church will be obedient to follow god's will for us in this next couple years you know we want to run towards god's challenge not our challenge And we're just really, you know, sorry to interrupt you there, but, you know, we're just really excited about um, what God has already done in our church life. I mean, we're getting ready to celebrate our 12th year anniversary, and we're thinking about the next 50 years or even 100 years plus.
2: So the Vision Nights are something that we want everyone at OCC to attend, so we're offering these twice. There's one on January 24th and one on January 26th. Both of them start at 7 p.m., and they'll be right here at Orange Terrace. Um, so there's a flyer in your program that we've included, and we would like for you to invite anyone that you think might want to partner with us on this journey. So you might be asking, why should I attend a vision night? Pastor Josh is going to share with us what it looks like to advance in this next chapter together as a church, and he'll lead us in celebrating all that God has done over the past 12 years, like Scott has said. So we'll be unveiling some never-before-heard-of aspects of this initiative. So it's just going to be a really, really meaningful night for a church family that you're not going to want to miss out on. So to help us plan for child care and for dessert for the evening, you can hop on our website. There's an advanced web page that you can let us know, RSVP, and let us know which vision night you plan on attending. Um, so again, once again, you can stop by the advanced table at the back and grab a brochure and then hop on our website to let us know which vision night that we can expect to see you at.
0: Yep, can't wait to see you there. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, <laughs> guys. If, if you're newer to OCC, uh, we we love for you to check out the the packet in the back. For those of you that have been around a long time or much longer, um, you know we've been praying for this, and you know we've been preparing for the future and, and waiting on God. And so it's been exciting to see as as our you know our hearts really follow our treasure, and we as we invest ourselves in things, time and prayer and resources, and then when we see God answer, man, that just stirs our faith. We say, wow, God, you heard our prayer. You you you. You're providing an opportunity, and so we're so excited about what God is doing right now, and we're looking to Him. Our eyes are on Him. So I want to invite up our worship team as we continue on with our service, and would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you for this morning and the passage of Scripture that that we've read about David and the way he ran out to meet the challenge that he was facing. And Lord, whether the challenge is... In our life is involves a person or involves a, a decision or an opportunity or a new season or stage or fears. Lord, whatever it is, I, I pray, God, that we would be people who do not run away or do not freeze and get paralyzed in fear. But that we would run out um, trusting you, putting our confidence in you, uh, looking to you. Uh, Father, you join us, Lord. Uh, You meet us right there in those challenges, Lord. And so thank you for this reminder. Thank you for this church and the the many people, Lord, that have walked in faith, Lord, in this exciting season. And God, we we know there's much to be done. We're looking to you, Father, for uh, for all of the help, Lord. You're the only one that can do the impossible. And so, Father, we're looking to you. Would you stir our faith fresh and in new ways, Lord, this uh, season? And God, through this message series, as we look at several... Stories of people who ran out um, trusting you, God, with the challenges that they were facing. Lord, help us to come eager and ready to learn and be inspired uh, to respond to you ourselves. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much
0: for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.